Greetings, one and all. You have found the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, and we are your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton. In our last episode, we discussed some of the common barriers that prevent followers of Jesus from using their gifts for the good of the church. In this week's episode, we want to share some specific tips for recruiting more volunteers. Good morning, folks. That's right, honey. We want to encourage more people to use their gifts to step up and ask, how may I serve? That's right. And of course, every church needs more people who are willing to serve, either in the church or in the community. I'm sure none of our listeners would disagree with that. No, probably not. This is one of the healthy characteristics of growing churches. They have a high level of volunteer engagement. All right, hon, let's get right to those specific tips that we promised. And listeners, here's number one. Encourage new people to find a place to serve right away. If you are seeing an influx of new people in your church, and we pray you are, now is the time to invite them to join a team of servants. In other words, strike while the iron is hot. Don't wait for them to settle in and become consumers of ministry. Why? Because the longer you wait, the harder it will be to engage them in a serving role. Know this, it is easier to get a new person to serve than it is to engage people who've been around for a long time, and you probably know that. Yes, I do think that's a good recommendation, honey. And this invitation to new people for them to serve in some way, it needs to begin on Sunday morning. And here are a few tips for encouraging new people to become servants right away. First of all, most new people want to make friends. So help them see how serving is a great way to meet new people at church and make new friends. Mm -hmm. Also, avoid promotion competitions between ministries for new volunteers. In other words, ministries should not be competing with each other for volunteers. Yeah, and in the announcements, they should not be competing with each other either, right? Right, absolutely. Good. Here's another tip. Create one obvious place for people to connect to serving. You know, we discussed this in episode number 150. Right. That place for serving, it could be online where they connect with the job description, with things to do, with responsibilities, with opportunities to serve. That place could be online or it could be a desk or a counter in your church building or in your church foyer. But make that place obvious to people. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, make the I'm interested process simple. (laughs) And we talked about this in episode 150 as well. Make it really easy for volunteers to get started. Great. Okay. Encourage new people to serve right away. Here's another tip, and it's one our listeners may need to think about and roll over in their minds before fully embracing it. Streamline your calendar, your church calendar, to create space for people to to serve. Now, if your church calendar is full with worship services, ministry programs, Bible classes, groups, and special events that you are asking people to attend, you crowd out the time that people might be willing to serve. Mm -hmm. In other words, less is more. That's right. It's so easy for the church calendar to become crowded until it's bursting at the seams. Many of us likely equate busyness with productivity, but of course there's no real correlation between the two. 
just because your bulletin has a whole lot of announcements doesn't mean that you are being productive. Just because a church has programs does not mean that they are fulfilling their mission either. So our advice is to make it easier for people to find the time to serve by streamlining your church activity calendar. Good. Excellent. Okay. Here's another tip that some church leaders may not have considered. You may need to mull this one over for a while. We're asking them to do a lot of mulling this time. Yeah, yeah, which I'm sure they do anyway, Mm -hmm. probably, which is good. Here's the suggestion. It is that men are more likely to join a team before they join a small group. True that. Now, certainly, we should continue to encourage men to engage in small groups, whether they are home Bible study groups or Bible classes. However, the research shows that while women tend to develop relationships through talking with each other, men tend to develop relationships by doing things together. You aren't saying that all men and all women develop relationships in this way, right? Oh, no, I wouldn't say that. Not for a minute. (laughs) Good job out of you. (laughs) But what I am saying, honey, is that the research does seem to show that this is generally how men and women engage with each other. That is so true. We actually discovered that raising our kids, the difference uh, in engaging the males and females in our family. You know, many church leaders may have the custom of encouraging newcomers to their church to move from worship services to small groups to serving. But what they might want to try is encouraging newcomers to move from the Sunday morning worship services to serving and then to groups. People may be more likely to move from a serving team to a group than they are to move from group to serving. You know, honey, I like what you said there. I don't know that a lot of church leaders really think about the process, the step-by-step process mm-hmm. of moving someone who doesn't know the Lord or who is a newcomer to a church from this event to this event to this step to this step to this step to help them grow in Christ. I don't know that we give much thought to that. So I appreciate you talking about that process. And on that on that note, let, let's Let's go on a little brief tangent here. Okay. You know, you church leaders, you want to get people involved. Mm-hmm. That That is one of your big goals. Because you know that if they will get involved, they are much more likely to fall in love with the Lord and with his church. And they're much more likely to grow in Christ. So, think about involvement this way. There are three specific activities in which you want people to get involved. You want to see them get involved in events. That would include attending the Sunday morning worship assembly, for example, or attending special events like retreats or conferences. You want to see them get involved in serving. And finally, you want to see them get involved in groups. This is the place where they will build strong Christian friendships and learn the Bible, for example. So your message to people then is maybe fairly simple. One, attend an event. Two, find a place to serve. And three, join a group. Very good. I like the way you laid that out. Well, we've introduced three tips, so let's add a number four. What do you say? Okay. In your pitch for more volunteers, another tip that we would encourage you to think about is to encourage people to use their gifts rather than fill a job. Okay. Often we ask volunteers like this, We have a need. Our fourth grade Sunday morning Bible class doesn't have a teacher for the summer quarter. 
If you're interested and you want to fill this role, let us know. Please, there's lots of pleases usually in there. Well, there are probably several things that could be better about that particular ask. But for now, let's focus on one. You are not just filling a role or a job when you ask someone to serve. You are encouraging someone to use the gifts God has given him or her. And that is much more compelling. And how one may develop or improve the gifts one has by accepting a volunteer assignment is much more motivational. You know, really, when we ask someone to serve, we're trying to empower them to use their gifts. That's really what we're doing. We need to remember that it's about the body of Christ using their gifts to fulfill God's mission. It's more about helping people be who God created them to be than it is about us finding people to get tasks and jobs and fourth grade teachers. Oh, so good. So true. Yeah. Yeah. And also, honey, regarding your pitch to volunteer, to potential volunteers, church leaders, be sure to communicate the reason for the invitation. That is, be prepared to cast a vision for why serving is a step that person should take. For example, when you're trying to recruit Bible class teachers, say something like this. Our mission at this church is to make and grow followers of Jesus. And for us, that begins with our kiddos as they are in a very formative stage. You, my friend, you have some very special gifts that I want to see you use in the kingdom. You get along well with children. You love to teach. And by the way, you're a skilled teacher. So would you consider using your gifts this quarter to help us fulfill our mission? Would you, would you be willing to use your gifts this quarter with, with our fourth graders? In other words, show why their willingness to serve is important to the overall mission or vision of the church. I absolutely love that one. We've said all along that people want to be a part of a, of a mission. They want to be a part of something big. Yes. And that's what teaching children's classes is. That's it's part so of the mission. true. So, so true. If we can just articulate that better rather than people you know, feeling like they need to help, you know, keep the fourth graders from repainting the hallway or something. (laughs) There's a mission involved here, people. You're not just filling a job. Right. You're contributing to the mission of God's kingdom. Absolutely. And, And let's add another tip. And that tip is shoulder tap. You know, in the church, we tend to rely on promotions to recruit volunteers. And we use pulpit announcements and bulletin ads and pleas for help. Or we may even put a sign up sheet in the foyer. But volunteer recruitment is relational. That's really important to say. Very good. It's one friend inviting another friend to serve or perhaps join them in serving. Mm -hmm. Four out of five people show up to church for the first time through an invitation from a friend. I'm sure you've heard that statistic before. And you know the same principle works for every next step people take at your church. If you want someone to serve in a specific role, go to them. Make a face-to-face personal plea. Make it relational. And by the way, trying to guilt someone into serving, that's not ever going to work. I like that, honey. It's relational. Yes, okay. All right, well, we've encouraged church leaders to shoulder tap to empower people to use their gifts rather than just fill a job, to encourage people to join a serving team before encouraging them to join a small group, especially true for men. And we've encouraged church leaders to streamline your church calendar to make space 
for people to serve and then to encourage new people to serve right away. Are there any other recommendations, honey, that we want to add before we close this podcast? You know, I think we should add one that you and I have talked about over and over for several years now. I think church leaders need to recognize that time is a precious commodity these days. I mean, it's always been a precious commodity, but I would say people are more protective of their time than ever. So when we ask them to volunteer for a role of service in the church, we need to know that they are wondering if they have the time or if they want to make the time to fill that role. Um, difference there. Besides, competition is growing as nonprofits, community organizations, and school systems. I mean, everybody's looking for volunteers. We would encourage church leaders to think about these things. We're probably going to need to put more thought into recruiting volunteers than ever before because of this fragile thing called time that is gone before you get started, it seems like. I think that's so true. I also want to add something before we close, honey, and and that is that we need to remember that in our churches, we want to cultivate a culture of service. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, we want Christians to know that this is what followers of Christ do. This is what you do. They're They're not just consumers of ministry. They minister. It's something you can't help but do because of all God's done for you. You just can't stop yourself. Exactly. And and we need to be reminded of Jesus, our Lord, who said he came to serve, not mm. to be served. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do in the church is to raise an army of servants. Mm-hmm. And everything that we can do to create that culture of service, instead of that culture of, hey, just sit here in the pew and uh, let us spoon feed you or, or uh, let us serve you. No, that's not the goal. The goal is for us to all become servants in the way that Jesus served. So let's do what we can to create that culture of service in the church. I like that. That would almost be something that could go over a church door somewhere. We are here to serve as you create that culture of service. So, well, okay, leaders, uh, thank you for joining us today. And for all of you that are working with churches and leading our listeners, we are so grateful for you. We will plan to return next month with another episode in this series, Finding Your Purpose in the Body of Christ. And next week, we plan to publish another episode of The Circle Group. So if you're a member of that group, we hope you will look forward to joining us for that podcast. And until then, God bless you as you seek to empower more and more followers of Christ to use their God-given gifts in the Lord's service.